I'm living in Corvallis, as many of you know, and I'm living with some other men there in formation with the deacon, with Father Maximo. We are a lot of time in contact with a lot of students, and it has become like a trend to use Tom's nowadays, Tom's shoes, which are great. So I was telling some, someone down there that they, they are really uh, shoes that come from Argentina. If you look at them, they have like a little flag on the back of, of it. And they were saying, yes, really, how come? And I was telling them the story of uh, how, how we use them. Most usually it's used with people who work in the fields and they are just comfortable shoes, and the gauchos use it a lot. Some, one of the students said, wait, that is cultural appropriation. Okay, <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. But today we have a, an instance in the gospel, not of cultural appropriation, but of appropriation. <laughs> um, so the, the tenants today in the, in the gospel, they, they appropriate the, the vineyard. They believe they are the owners. And that is why they kill the messengers, the prophets of Israel. Then they will kill the son as well. They forget that they need to render an account for their labor. That they have in, been entrusted a task but they have to rent an account of that. And an idea that creeps in in their minds, which is not verbalized in the, in the parable, is that the vineyard is ours. We can do whatever we want. We can do what, whatever we want with the fruits as well. <clears throat> and this happens, I think, all the time in a much smaller scale with many things. For instance, you lend a book to a friend and the book comes back full of side notations. I don't know if that ever happened to you. Or worst, never come back, right? That's, uh, I don't know if you know the saying, one, one who lends a book is a fool, the one who returns it is a double fool, right? But it happens all the time with many things. Like, for instance, you lend money. The person that lent, uh, borrow the money from you thinks that maybe you are not in a hurry to, to receive it back or you don't need it. So they take their time. This is a common trend. It's kind of in the fabric of, of um, our nature. Notice that this is what they say, the tenants. They say, when the sun approaches, when the tenants saw the sun, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. And acquire his inheritance. The vineyard. Let us make it our own. How many times do we appropriate the gift of God? We make them our own and we believe that they are just for ourselves not for his glory. It can happen in the church. We work for ourselves. It can happen with anything that the Lord has given us, with our family, with our friends, with our talents, with our capacities. We appropriate them. We use them for our, our own 
sake, instead of recognizing that it belongs to him. The problem that is behind this is the desire to be completely independent, to be self-reliable and self-sufficient. In our culture, there is a lot of uh, stress on that. We are supposed to be, to depend on no one, to produce fruits of our own, so to speak, not to render an account to anyone, to be successful, to stand on our feet in a way. This is a very subtle temptation of the enemy because they are not just not bearing fruit. They're not recognizing who's the owner. These tenants, they bear fruit. They have worked the vineyard. But they refuse to give the owner to the, to the, the, the fruits to the owner. And so the chief priests in the time of Jesus, they have appropriated the temple, the rites. They don't want to give the glory to God. They want it for themselves. This is very spiritual temptation, but very, very real. And some of us have, have bought into this idea for so long that we say, wait a second, but I have earned it. I've worked for it. I have done so many th things with the sweat of my brow. True, but the vineyard is not yours. To begin with, to begin with. So everything that you produce is not yours. It belongs to God. On a natural level, your capacities, your intelligence, your free will, your virtues, everything is because God has endowed you with a vineyard. Then you produce it, you make it work. That is great. But remember that it is only because God has given you those capacities, those possibilities, that you can bear fruit. So you have to give it back to God, whatever fruit it is. That is called restitution. Restitution, give back what belongs to God. Not only on a natural level, on a supernatural level. You have overcome temptation. You have left behind, you know, habits that were sinful. You cannot attribute yourself those victories. You have to give it to God. Because only through the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that you are able to do that. So on a natural level, but also in more, much more on a supernatural level, so to speak. St. Ignatius of Loyola has a wonderful prayer that summarizes this. He says, take, Lord, restitution, take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all I have and call my own. Notice how he says, I have it, and I call it my own, but I give it back to you because you're the true owner. You have given all to me, to you, Lord, 
I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love, your grace. That is enough for me. What a wonderful prayer. What a wonderful prayer. That we could say every day, Lord, take my liberty, my freedom, my memory, my past, my understanding, my capacity to comprehend the world, to make sense of it, my will, everything I love, all that I have, I can call my own. We are stewards. And by saying this, it doesn't mean that, well, now nothing belongs to me. It's, it belongs to you totally. It's your will, your understanding, your memory, your everything belongs to you. But it has, given, it has been given by God. And it belongs to him as well. And this, we should not think about it on a, as, an, as an option that is either belongs to God or belongs to me. Like an either or type of thing. But rather a both end. And that's really what it means to be a steward. You're truly entrusted. It's really your task. But it's really God's at the same time. And when we realize this and enter into this mentality of the gospel, wonderful things happen. Wonderful things happen. The first is that we are able to call Jesus Lord, which is his title, that's the one thing that the demons never call him, Lord. We can call him Lord. He's the owner. He disposes of things. He decides. He is the landlord. But then there's also great profit for us in doing this. These are the, at least two of the advantages that I can see very clearly that come when, when we have this attitude. Because all this wanted to appropriate is, comes out of pride. I want to be, like people say nowadays, you do you, right? You, I want to be myself. I want to do my will, right? First, when we surrender and we give it back to God, we say, this is because of him. And, and, and we say it to ourselves. We admit it. We say it to others. We proclaim it. Then wonderful things happen. Two that I can at least mention today. One is because you acknowledge that everything is from God, God starts taking care of your business. If you insist of doing it yourself, God will eventually say, okay, do it. But if we say, Lord, this is your vineyard, my life is yours, my family is yours, my business is yours, my future is yours, then he works with you. A wonderful saint, not very known, St. Alphonsus Rodriguez from the 16th century, 1600, sorry. Um, he was in charge of forming all the first Jesuits after St. Ignatius of Loyola. And remember, the first Jesuits there were, there were a lot of saints. There was a bunch of friend, saints among them. And there were really um, a renewal in the church at that moment. And he was in charge of all the novices. 
the guys who were starting in their vocation. He, ha he wrote a wonderful, very thick book for them. But if you follow all those advices, you can become like one of those saints of the 1600s. Well, he says, this is what he says when, what happens when we put God in command. God steps in and makes the business his own and charges himself with it and stands up for his own glory and honor. But when a man trusts himself and his own methods and contrivances, taking upon himself the whole conduct of the affair, and so taking it away from God, seeks to exalt himself with the honor and glory that is due to the divine majesty, then God leaves him in his weakness, which is good for nothing. It's good for nothing. If we make restitution to God, he works for you. And that is great. But then the second thing is that this humility that it requires, it's a source of new blessings. Because when we insist of us being in charge, God, he says, will let us do it and will, in a sense, humiliate us so that we realize and open our eyes to notice that we really need him. And this is why sometimes God doesn't give us more gifts in our spiritual life. Because we run a very high risk of being very proud, prideful and attributing, attributing them to ourselves. But if we were to be humble and attribute all the glory to God, then he would give us many more gifts. This is from St. Augustine. He says, This is why God delays his gifts, not for our damnation, but for our humiliation, and in the end, for our humility, enhancing in our eyes the value of his grace, lest if we found everything easy, we should take that to be ours, which is really his, an error clean contrary to religion and piety that we open our eyes, become humble. So let us live in gratitude for what God has given us. Gratitude means thanking and honoring and praising God for everything he has bestowed on us. And if we are in that mindset, then what we have freely received, we can freely 